0: Back again. This is our second kind of live we've done here where we're going to just take your questions and Lindsay's going to pop them up for me and I'm going to do my best to give some help. So, welcome everybody. Lindsay, who do we got first?
1: All right. Today we have Estella Freeman, who I believe is a previous client, if I'm not mistaken. So, I
0: remember her.
1: Yeah. Shout out to Estella. And her question is, very specific. I like this one. What would you recommend as the two most effective ways with possibly the quickest turnaround to start advertising this week, spending only $300? All
0: right. So two things. One, I love the specificity of the question. Two, the question assumes some things that I don't like. So um, I'm going to... Stella, you can, you can email back or uh, reach out. Uh, oh, and where, if people want to submit a question, Lindsay, where do they do that?
1: They should email support at growmycleaningcompany.com. That is the best way.
0: Cool. So I'm going to re I'm gonna ask what I think would be a more helpful question, Stella. And if you are not satisfied, feel free to email Lindsay at support at growmycleaningcompany.com and uh, we'll see if we can help you. But here's the thing. One of the things that I'm finding myself having to rail against quite a bit lately is that kind of belief which is better facebook ads or google ads should i do a lumpy mail or direct mail postcards or door hangers like they're everything so based on i just want and i get it right we all want to just spend some money and get a bunch of leads and that's that but if that was the case everyone would have a multi-million dollar business right if we could just buy leads for cheaper than the client everybody would do it and that would be great but it doesn't. it's not effective. So what you really need to do, and this is what we coach. And by the way, some of you guys will be like, man, I hear the same thing from Mike over and over. It's like, yep, because this is how I know to build a business. <laughs> you should be nervous if I'm changing all the time with different stuff. <laughs> it's the same stuff because I can only tell you what I've done and what works. So what you don't want to do is be like, I've got 500 bucks or 10 hours or a thousand bucks or whatever. How do I, what should I do? It's like, I don't know. We've got to fit it into a framework. And actually, Jared and I did a, a full podcast on this, Lindsay. It was just recent. If you can find a link to it so people can get it but you've got to have a framework to work within right so i wish there was a magic bullet of like all right 300 bucks buy this and you get a 600 dollar client then you got know, more money and buy that and like it, again it, it's just not that it's a it's a more complex question than that so what you really have to do is start with your client everyone wants to start with the marketing thing i've got money what do i say where do i go to whom to solve what problem so you always got to understand who your client is what problem you solve for them and where they go to fix it And then you just have to find a way to get your message that's compelling about them and their pain, not about you and what you want to serve, but them and their pain. Get that message in front of them with an offer that has low risk for them, right? Call for a free cleaning or a half price cleaning or for a free information or to come to lunch or whatever, or a podcast or whatever the heck that you want to offer. Call a 1-800 number for 15 minute information on how to do this, something, some sort of information where you can give them value. So, Without knowing who your client is, what pain you solve, what their price point is, how they go to solve that pain, it would be foolhardy foolhardy for me to go, oh, take your 300 bucks and put in local service ads. Maybe they could be great, but I don't know who your customer is. So we're starting at the wrong spot. So you've always got to start with the problem that you solve. That's the business. And then we can figure out how to execute getting that message out to the right people. But until you know what the right people are and what the right message is, it's crazy to go, where should I put this message? But I'm not going to say what the message is or who the people are that are going to absorb the message. Those are the most important things, right? Even if I had the best place in the world to get your message out, but you didn't know who your people were, you'll never get the best place and your message is going to be wrong. So um, start at the beginning, everybody, Cleaning Nation, not just Stella with who my client is, what problem do I solve, where they go to solve it. Then we can start putting together a marketing plan that makes sense for you and your goals.
1: Oof, That was a good, good, good answer there. That was... in depth. Right.
0: Got a little <laughs> bit to preach in there. Kids.
1: Sorry about that. <laughs> Come for the preaching. All right. So, next question is uh, another very specific question that I like is from Sabrina. What do I do about late payments? One of my clients is 22 days past due and it's putting my business in turmoil and my life. They are my largest account.
0: Okay. So, again, I keep going back to kind of what we coach, which is, a, I, we, I always get, I, always, I'm going to coach you guys the vast majority to get paid in advance because you only have one lever to pull when it comes to getting your people to to, to pay. I mean, aside from begging, um, you could, I mean, technically you could sue your client, I suppose for payment, but I think that's just not a, it would cost more. You're not going to win. That's not how you want to spend your time. Client's going to get paid. It's just not a great use of your time and resources. So assuming we take out legal action, which is unrealistic and begging, which is not only it's realistic, but it's not super effective. And I'm assuming you've already asked for the money. So ask again, is probably not great, great coaching. The only lever we really have is stop cleaning. That's it. If we're being honest with each other is I'm not going to provide the service until you've paid me for it. The problem with that is that lever is wildly effective before you've provided the service, right? So I'm not going to come if you don't pay me. About a 100% chance they're either going to pay you or you're not going to come. So that's the best way. The longer that you wait until, the longer you wait to pull that lever, the less leverage you have. So let's just say, Um, If they're 28 days late, I'm assuming so, and they're wrecking your life emotionally and financially, I'm guessing it's probably not a $300 a month residential client. So let's assume this is a $3,000 a month commercial client and you accept net 30 terms. That means you start working and paying your employees, call it January 1st. And you don't even have the right to bill until January or until February 1st. And you don't even have the right to expect any payment until March 1st. So you started the the timer on you putting out money, i.e. lending them, right? Because you're going to make your payroll whether they pay you or not. So you're effectively lending them money. You became a bank, you know, January 2nd, the day after you came, you accrued expenses. And you're not even allowed to ask for money until March 1st. And when you do ask for, and that's assuming you got your crap together, most of the time you don't, and you'll forget and won't call for a week or two. And you maybe call them March 10th, and they don't say, Yeah, we're not paying you chumps, suck, you know, suck it. They're gonna be like, Oh, you know, we just got some blah, there's some excuses, of course, the money's coming, just blah, 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 blah. And you're gonna believe it. So they put you out to March 20th, and then you you got like, hey, this is really a big deal. And like, well, hold on, we're now this is serious, we're gonna look at it. And by March 30th, you're now three months in and at three grand a month, that's $9,000. And you've had to probably spend somewhere around four or 5,000 of your own money. So if you're like, I'm going to quit cleaning, the likelihood you get that nine grand dropped precipitously. So the longer you wait to pull that lever, if I ain't going to clean until you come, the less power that you have. So they kind of use fear and emotional manipulation to get you not to pull that lever early when you have power. Because if you say on day five, right, the fifth day, January, but way back January 5th, if you don't pay, I ain't cleaning. There's not a lot of risk. And either they pay or they don't, you're fine. But March 5th, there's a lot of risk. And they know, and you know, when you stop cleaning, the likelihood you're going to get paid goes way down. So to answer your question, A, get paid in advance. B, if you're not going to get paid in advance you're at risk. And C, I would tell them if any terms I have, you're a day late, we stop cleaning. You have to have some, and then you stop cleaning. The longer you wait, the worse it is. Like, well, what do I do now? There really isn't a lot. Honestly, I'm going to negotiate my way up the best I can with the threat of not cleaning. Um, and once I get to a zero balance or as, as small of a balance as I think I can manage, I'm then going to say, now I'm not going to clean until I get paid. advance. right. So you kind of have to, it's a bad spot. So we would never coach anyone to do that. Um, again, you can check your legal remedies, but they're going to be poor because, again, you, you go you take them to court, aside from the bad optics of you suing your own client, not good. Um, they're not going to go, Yeah, we didn't pay them because we're bad people, judge. They're going to say, These guys lied and cheated and steal, and they haven't come to our place, and they broke stuff in, and blah 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 blah. You may not even win. So, long story short don't take uh just don't become a bank you don't know you don't have collateral you're not getting interest you don't you're not able to run credit on them and for all of you guys out there going my clients always pay every single client ever in the history of time has always always paid until the day they didn't pay and whatever however big your client is i promise much larger clients have gone bankrupt in the last 12 months so everyone has money until they don't and when they go bankrupt the janitors get stiff just as well as the big vendors so i would just say get really good at marketing, and then be able to say no to the wrong clients, the wrong clients those who don't want to pay for their services in advance. Also, those who pay, pay attention. Those who pay more, pay more attention. Those who pay quicker, pay quicker attention. So you'll get a higher caliber client and they'll respect your services more. Lots of benefits to getting paid in advance. Okay. Hopefully that was helpful. Lindsay, what's next?
1: All right. Next up, we have Christy Lewis who emailed us in with some great questions. Um, She had a few that were Good. So, um, the first one is, how much should I be paying myself a week?
0: Okay, so that's a really good question. Um, We're getting these are like heavy, deep questions this week, making me work, Lindsay. I thought we're just talking about the weather, maybe you know, jerk with some sports, something, but now we got a coach and everything. Not cool, lady. Um, Okay. I blame Lindsay for all of life's woes. We, <laughs> we need we
1: need Jared, to co-host for you to talk about sports. So
0: yes, we, we would get <laughs> three it. minutes of coaching and 29 minutes of uh basketball talk, <laughs> which some people would like, but the majority uh, for the grow my cleaning company podcast, probably not wildly effective. Uh Yeah. So by the way, if uh you guys want Jared to host email, support, at growmycleaningcompany.com email. We want Jared and email and bat your basketball question. And we'll do, if we get Jared, we'll do three, uh Grow my cleaning company coaching questions to one basketball question, and we'll we'll reverse. I'll have Jared because Jared's way smarter than me in basketball, so I'll have him. Kind of that'll be that'll be his dream to hold court uh, for for people that care. So email support at grow my cleaning company, and we'll uh, we'll make that happen. Cleaning. Nation. Okay, so paying yourself. There's a couple of things. One, it's one is profit, which is a different conversation, and the other is how do I pay myself. So we coach to a thirty percent profit. Um, I'm certainly want you guys to be at 20%. And that's when I say profit, I mean all owner benefits. So I've said it before. All we really care about is the light, the benefit that the business gives me. So I've said before, if I have a business that makes no profit, none, not a nickel, but I live in a multimillion dollar house that it pays for and I fly privately and it pays for that. And every time I go eat out or whatever, it pays for that. And I'm able to borrow five, 10 grand a month off of it and pay it back at some point. That can still be, that's a pretty nice package, even if you're like, there's no profit, right? But I get to live a million dollar lifestyle. That's different. So obviously I'm not a CPA or CA for you Canadians. I can't give tax advice. I don't know tax advice. So what I'm trying to say is profit-wise, make sure you get 20 or 30% total owner benefit. And- when you're smaller that's going to be it right if you're doing 10 15 grand a month and say you're at 30% profit off of a $10,000 company that's only 3 grand you're like well shouldn't i get a salary on top of that as you get if you as you get some scale you can have that so let's now move up to a million dollar company you're doing a million dollars a year you've got $300,000 in profit we suggest 250 or 25% 200 in this case $250,000 of money towards expenses you can run a company uh, you know you could be like oh part of that 250 is a general manager, $50,000 $50, a year. And then that would not be profit. And you could pay yourself that <laughs> if that makes sense. But when you're just 10, 20, 30 grand a month, all the profit, all the revenue, all the profits going to go to you. There's really no, <laughs> there's no money for like a manager, so to speak. Hey new friend, love that you were here. If you want more Cleaning Nation, more us, you can check us out on YouTube, similar content. You just get to see each other, it's totally free. Or if you wanna say, hey, hit us up on Instagram, Twitter, join our free Facebook group. We love hearing from you, Cleaning Nation. That's what makes it magic. Jump on, we'll see you there. So that's on the pay side. In terms of how much I would pay myself um, again, what we teach is 45, 25, 30. So 45% should go to cost of goods sold, 25% should go to expenses and 30% should go to you, prop, you personally as an owner or profit. The big thing is people say asinine things like, well, I want to leave enough money. You know, I'm, I, I'm making money. I'm just putting it all back into the business. Then you're not making money. That's called expenses, right? Mm-hmm. So just because you're spending it on expenses, it's not like I could be like, well, Lindsay takes a salary. I'm putting that back into the business, so I don't need to take a profit. I, I give her her salary. That's called an expense. <laughs> like if, if there's no profit, like you know that that's not it. So. There should be from day one, at least 20, we shoot for 30% profit for a cleaning business. And I would, that you can take right out of the company. And again, that kind of goes to the back one. If you're getting paid in advance and there's a 20, 30% profit. And after the 20, 30% profit you take out, there's still 25 or 30% left over for expenses, 45, 50% left over for cost of goods sold. There's plenty of money for everybody. So I'd love to see you take out 20 to 30%. And get with your accountant as to do you take that as a draw or a salary or an officer loan? Or there's a lot of where you know, we do some sort of retirement There's all sorts of ways you can take it out, but to answer your question, um, I personally, if you're not taking at least 20% out of the revenue every week, we got a problem. That makes sense, Lindsay? Or did I get a little, little boring, a little mathy there?
1: No, I think the math is good because I feel like Cleaning Nation needs some. Numbers to go by. You know, I feel like a lot of times people don't know their numbers and haven't taken a hard look at what those numbers are before asking a question like, What should I be paying myself if you don't know your cost of goods sold, your expenses, or whatever your profit is? You, like, you're just kind of like doing whatever. So now, it kind of goes back
0: to the marketing thing like, Where should I spend my marketing? Yeah. Money? I don't know who's your client. So, how much money should I take out? Well, what's your cost of goods sold and your expenses? Mm-hmm. So, you've got to most of these questions don't exist in a vacuum. And I get it. As a business owner, we want simple things like just tell me what to do. Um, But the simple answers, the nuance, most of the time we're asking a question, hoping for a simple answer, but it's really a nuanced answer that we need. So it's not as much fun, but we'll make you some money. I promise. All right. We got another one.
1: Yep. She also asked, how should I pay my employees to where they are happy? And I'm not questioning myself if this is really worth it.
0: So I don't know what that means. I'm not questioning myself if this is really worth it, but how do I pay my... Uh, Employees that are happy. So first of all, I think the an underlying belief in there we've got to get rid of. My philosophy is always you have to pay your people at least average, ideally a little better than average. So I've never been. I want to pay the most for the most talent. Just like when it comes to cleaning, I don't want to get the cheapest. I don't want to get a client like to get the cheapest bid. Like what's the how little can I bid and still make a little money and still get my client? That's not what I want. I want to be profitable. So same with employees. I want to just pay them enough. So, but I don't want to compete on that. So I wouldn't be like, well, to get talent, how much do I have to pay to attract them that they wouldn't otherwise want this job? So if Lindsay was like, I don't really like it here and I don't like what I'm doing and I don't like the team, but gosh, that's a lot of money. So I guess I'll be here and just take it as long as no one else gives me more money, not the environment I want to be in. Another environment I want to be in is Lindsay going, I love being here and I love what we do, but Mike is totally scamming me. They don't, they're not, he's screwing me. This is not fair. That's not great either. So I kind of am going to figure out what the other, and we've got in the training, we got a whole thing of exactly how to do this with quarterly reviews and yada, yada, yada. But you know, 10 to 20%, give or take, above average for the area. So I want them to be paid more, but I don't want them to come because of that. So if someone's like, well, I think I can only get average pay, but you pay 15% above average, I want to come here. That's not what I'm looking for. I'm looking for someone that's like, I just want to be paid fairly, but I really want to be down with your cause. So to make our my employees happy, I want them to enjoy what they do, who they do it with, how they experience their life day to day. And obviously if I'm underpaying them, it's hard for them <laughs> to appreciate the day to day if they feel like they're getting scammed. Um but I certainly don't want to pay where it's like that's the draw, right? You're here just like when I'm selling clients, I don't want them to be like I'm the lowest price, that's the draw. I want them to be like this is the best experience, that's the draw. So to answer the short answer is pay my, I'd like to see paying your employees 10, 20% above average, but to answer the more important question of so that they're happy, the money should have nothing to do with, it should just not get in the way of their happiness, right? No matter what a great culture I build here and how much core values match we have and how much people like the job, but they're getting screwed. They're not going to like it or be able to be happy. So um, I like paying a little bit above just so my, just so my people feel feel loved and valued, but that's not why I want them here. Um, did that make sense, <laughs> Lindsay? I don't know if I got it in my own head or if that made sense to the rest of the world.
1: No, yeah, I think it made total sense, definitely. Okay, definitely.
0: If Lindsay uh, gets it, we all get it. <laughs> we got time for one, maybe two more. And let's, um, let's do all of her questions because I feel maybe we can save someone to make sure we get as many yeah. different people to, to play.
1: Yeah. I have a great question here from Jessica Spitzer from Facebook. She says, would you recommend hiring someone as a sales air quotes position What would their job duties look like and how would you base their commission? They would just be doing the initial sales referrals and not walkthroughs? Question mark.
0: Okay. So you kind of cut me off there because you asked what I hire, and I was going to say yes, but then you said they would be doing this, not that, which is everything. Not you, but Jessica. Come on, Jessica. So I'll do my best to answer what I hear is two parts. So for commercial, I really don't like having salespeople. Well, here's the thing. When it comes to salespeople, most of the problem that small businesses make is they don't know how to market. And they think they'll just abdicate that to a salesperson. Like get out there and find some leads and rustle them up. And then, you know, then sell them and I'll give you some money. Very few people can do that. Certainly for the money that you're going to be able to afford as a small cleaning company owner. So I would definitely invest money in marketing. And once you've got marketing going, so good leads are coming in every month. That's Step one, way more important than hiring. So no, I would never hire a salesperson before I had some sort of lead flow to sell because if it's like, hey, I want you to sell the thing and do the thing and I'm going to keep all the, I'm going to market it and find the clients and whatever, and I'm going to keep all the money. Salespeople aren't typically going to do that. So you, especially at this level, unless they're making a lot of money, which we're not going to be able to afford. And even then, Yeah. There's a thousand reasons I wouldn't do, not a thousand, but there's several reasons I wouldn't do that and I'm not going to get into. So first and foremost, have lead flow. So before I have lead flow, no, I would not hire a salesperson. Once I have lead flow, I'm going to look at best use of my time. So if I'm commercial and the lead flow is a good commercial company, might get three to eight bids a month, right? Unless they're massive. I can pretty much, and if those average bids two three grand a month, two three grand a month, thirty grand a year, say they stay three four years, we're talking hundred thousand dollar contracts, right? So if that bid takes me two or three hours, way willing to do that. And especially if over a month's time it only takes me ten or fifteen, I'm just gonna do that myself. So again, if you think about it, say that a bid that's gonna be hundred thousand dollar lifetime value um, takes you three hours. What's well, thirty three thousand dollars of revenue per hour? I, I guess you could sub that out. But are you is what you're gonna be doing worth thirty three thousand bucks an hour? Um, so I don't like subbing that on commercial very much. Um, when it comes to residential, same thing you say the average client's 350 bucks a month. So it's about four grand a year. They stay two years, two and a half years, about 10 grand a customer. Say it takes me two hours to deal with it. I don't think it'll take that long. Really? Five grand an hour is, you know, what am I doing? And if it's like, well, I'm doing payroll or scheduling or washing rags or you know, whatever the crowd, it's probably way less valuable. So to answer your question, when it comes to a salesperson, um, unless I had lead flow. No, if I'm commercial still probably no. if I'm residential and I've got a bunch of lead flow and I'm, it's taking me, you know, five, 10 hours a week. Like I've got enough lead flow where it's at, then I'm going to look at hiring a salesperson. Um, and just some sort of permission. I would just do some sort of commission on the first you know month's job, probably give them all the profit. Um, you know, cause half, you know, $400 a month cost solds 200, I get 200 bucks. Uh, Anyway, something like that. But when you said they wouldn't be going on walkthroughs, they'd be, what did you say, like on social media or something, Lindsay?
1: Uh, let me go back to it. Um, they would. It was a question, would they just be doing initial sales slash referrals and not walkthroughs?
0: Well, again, that's what you tell them to do. But if they're not doing the, they're sales and marketing. So if they're getting the leads, that's a marketer. And no, I wouldn't hire a human being to market. I, again, back to, I'm going to be the expert who my client is. I'm going to create the marketing systems. Um. So no, I wouldn't hire an outside marketer. And if they're following up on those leads, that's the salesperson. So what else does a salesperson do but go on the sales appointment? So I was a little confused on that. Um, okay. Did that answer, do you think, the question, the the spirit of the question they were trying to ask?
1: I think so, Mike. I think so. We got we got some hard, good, deep questions this week. I like it.
0: <laughs> All right. We'll go one more and then we'll wrap up and give some shout outs and see if anyone live wants anything or needs anything. But we'll do one more from the people who emailed in.
1: Okay. All right. Well, this one is kind of a, a hybrid here because Tom Clements from last week fixed his question as you requested.
0: Hey, cattle boy, Tom.
1: <laughs> and I see him in the chat. And he said, Okay, Michael Zig right again. And my question last week was weak sauce. So here goes the question. <laughs> <laughs> I like
0: that he calls himself out with weak sauce. Nicely done, Tom. That's solid, buddy.
1: Here goes with question 2.0. What are the t- Three top data points for our KPAs as cleaning company owners.
0: If you That's, only had
1: if you only had a track three.
0: You son of a gun, Tom. And then See, he
1: gets more specific. But let's start with that.
0: Let me start with that. First of all, I don't even remember last week's question, but this is a good question. I don't know why the arbitrary limit. To, so I'm gonna I'm gonna answer the question, but I would say If I told you, here's the 71 important things to track, very smart for you to come back. Come on, man. That's not really, everything can't be important. I think three is a little thin. I think five or six. So I'm going to answer both. I'm going to be like, here's what I'd really track that's more than three, but just for fun, I'm going to be like, all right, let's play along with Tom. So first and foremost, always, 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 always profit. The big mistake is people track revenue because that's just what's easy or what feels better, right? It's a lot better to go. I've got a company doing a million dollars a year and revenue versus I've got a company that paid me $132,000 in profit last year, right? So everyone wants to think top line, but if I only could do one, it'd be profit far and away. I could only do two, probably be gross margin. So what my revenue was minus cost of goods sold, right? So easy, if I'm selling pencils and I buy the pencils at a buck and I sell them for buck 50, Like that 50 cents is my margin. Like what's my actual growth? Now, again, there's expenses and overhead. I'm not talking about that. So just gross profit would be number two. I could only have one more thing. Probably be change in revenue uh, or change in profit from last. Change in revenue or change in profit from last month. Am I going up? Am I going down? What the heck's going on? All right. That said, hopefully that satisfies a hard question. Uh, Yeah, you should never be tracking dozens of things, but if I'm always going to do revenue, Gross profit, like I mentioned, profit. Those are the top three. And then I'm going to track leads, bid, sales. And then I'm going to track applicants interview starts. So that's kind of nine things I want pretty much all the time. Um, Yeah, that's about it. And again, it it depends if I'm like, I've got plenty of staff and I've got floaters and everything's good. That applicants interview starts isn't as big of a deal. But if I'm still cleaning or I don't have enough cleaners, then that needs to be tracked. And the same thing, if I'm growing like hotcakes, uh, applicant or leads, bid, sales isn't important. But if I'm not growing like I want, then leads, bid, sales becomes important. All right. Before we call it anything in the chat that was hilarious or fun or questions or comments, anything you need to share? Are we all good?
1: We are all good, Mike. (laughs) Lindsay
0: says we're good. We're good. We'll see you next week, guys. Well, here we are the end of the podcast and you made it. Great job. I'm the only one who responds to these texts and I will personally respond to everyone I possibly can as long as uh, this number is manned. Don't know how long we're gonna keep this at the end of the podcast, so grab it now. 602-932-6431. Give me a text, say hey, can't wait to meet you.